Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 243. Just focus on helping your customers and partners, and the success part will follow. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Ryan Staub. Ryan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Harnesses are on and tight, and I've got my helmet on as well. Very cool. I love it when my guests show up prepared. (laughs) It makes things so much easier. Ryan Staub is a partner in the Affinity Division at Lockton, the largest privately held insurance brokerage firm in the world. He established the Lockland Affinity Motorsports team to meet the emerging and changing insurance needs of participants and organizations involved in motorsports. Lockton Motorsports provides HPDE and track day participants with options to insure their cars on the track, insurance packages tailored to the need of amateur racers and professional teams, and insurance solutions for event organizers and tracks. Ryan is an HPDE instructor for all the major car clubs. He's a chief driving instructor for the Kansas City chapter of the BMW CCA. He races with BMW CCA Club Racing and the World Racing League, and he's won multiple SCCA Midwest Division championships. Sounds like you are having a fun time out there. I am. Awesome. Well, Ryan, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for driving automobiles really fast? Well, thanks, Mark. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to join your program. You know, my personal and professional background actually uh, kind of intersect, I'd say, about seven years ago. But, you know, personally, I've, I've always been very passionate about and interested in cars. I was a kid that, you know, had bedroom walls just covered with, with various different car posters, uh, <laughs> you know, all, all throughout my childhood. So, you know, as soon as I was of legal working age, I think 14 or 14 and a half, you know, started working at a grocery store putting in as, as many hours as I could to, uh, you know, save up money for that first car. Yeah. You know, as soon as I w- was getting close to that point of being able to drive, I was, you know, that, that was my, my biggest focus of, of getting that first car. Of course. <laughs> so I, I really got involved, though, in motorsports uh, uh, early 2000s, about 2002, started doing HPDE events, autocrosses with, you know, BMW Club, SCCA, Porsche Club, all the different clubs. I was 
absolutely that guy that became a track junkie really quick. I was, you know, at events 10 to 15 you know, weekends a year and, and really just doing it as often as I could and as often as I could afford to. That's <laughs> so, very cool. So, uh, you know, started instructing shortly after that, uh, ended up moving to club racing a couple of years after that. I I do brag, and a lot of my friends are jealous, that I actually bought my first race car within the first year of my marriage. So, Oh, you got uh, away with that, huh? Yeah, I, I think that, that speaks to, uh, you know, the, the family support that I've, I've had in doing this. Absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. You married the right woman. I did. So, uh, so, and then, you know, professionally, I, I had been in insurance for about five years before I really started the uh, Locked In Motorsports uh, team here. And, you know, really just saw a lot of issues out there. You know, good friends of mine had wrecked their cars at track events. And for the longest time, auto policies covered people when they were at non competitive events. But that really started to shift around 2005. 2006 timeframe. So yeah. we had seen a couple companies try to come out with HPDE or track day insurance products. Most of them crashed and burned within the <laughs> within the first couple of years. We you know we learned from from their mistakes and really about in 2007 I, I started putting a business plan together to really build out this this motorsports business. You know I got the buy in from my company to uh, you know give me an opportunity to to do this and. You know, you know, from the very start, worked with some very, very great partners. I think that's really why we made it, uh, you know, working with Motorsport Reg, BMW Car Club, Porsche Club, Audi Club, several others. Uh, you know, just working with all those groups made a huge difference in, in really being able to put it together. So, yeah. uh, you know, we've, we've grown to the point where the, we're the largest provider of, of on-track coverage to uh, participants in the, in the States, and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I love a lot of what you're doing because like you, I started my experiences on the track driving with clubs, BMW Club, Porsche Club, and so many times I'd be out there, and this was, oh gosh, 15 plus years ago, and you'd see somebody destroy their street car, and you just go, oh, I wonder if they're covered for that, you know, and there was a lot of confusion over the years with people that said, well, my insurance company said, no way, and I'm glad that you guys are offering this because it provides people that chance and that sense of safety to go out there. I, I grew into vintage racing, and so I had a vintage race car that was insured except while I was racing it, and I always thought, well, that's when it's most likely to get destroyed or damage. But I, I get it. I get it. But it's great that you've created a package for people so there's a little better sense of safety and they can go out there and have fun and enjoy driving at speed. And better yet, they're out there on a track doing it instead of on the street. And much better place to go drive fast. We've heard that over and over and over again. As we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. I know you love to drive. So Ryan, take the wheel. All right. Well, I, I actually have two. Uh, you know, one I think that you hear very often, and you know, one that I think might be a little bit more unique to me. But uh, you know, the first one is if if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I've heard uh, it a, a whole bunch of different ways. <laughs> yep. uh, but but at, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, if, if you can work in a field in an area that you're passionate. Yeah, it, it's so enjoyable. Uh, you don't really feel like it's an effort to work. It's it's actually a pleasure to work, and I, I think that absolutely makes a huge difference. Yes, I love that quote. <laughs> you know, one that I, I think I'll probably touch on a little bit later and expand on a little bit, but something that's just helped me a lot to be more successful is just focus on helping your customers and partners, mm. and the success part will act, will follow. Yeah. Can you give me an example of how that's worked so well for you and your business? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we work 
again with with a lot of the different clubs and you know it was a really trying time when the economy really turned in 2007 and 2008 people had less discretionary income to spend on on going to motorsports events and then when you combine that with the fact that at the same time people that had been doing HPDEs and track days for a long time their insurance policies started to change where they wouldn't cover them on track you know those partners of ours the the clubs were in a tough position uh, participation was really starting to drop and I think there was a big question about where things were headed so you know as we worked with with those partners you know just coming in with the approach of really helping them to provide a solution to their participants and their members to really keep them in the hobby and help them get new participants you know as we came at it with that approach as a pro as opposed to just really selling a product, you know, I, I just think it works so much better for, for both sides when it's, when it's a, a true um, partnership approach. I think for most people, insurance is kind of one of those necessary evils. They feel like it's money just kind of tossed down the drain. But when you're working with a company that you feel really cares about you and they're working with you and communicating with you on a regular basis, you feel a lot better about it. Yeah. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars. Tell me about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. So uh, when I got one of my first neat cars, I it was a BMW, and I kind of had this perception that, that you know, BMW owners were snobs, and, and I, I just didn't think it was a, a group as a culture that I'd really fit in with. But I got that first BMW, and I decided I'd go to a local BMW CCA meeting, mm-hmm. and I could not have been more wrong uh, on, <laughs> on, my, on my previous perception. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I, I go to this meeting. I'm a, I'm a young kid. I've got my newer BMW and, and show up, and this group of, of guys and gals, I think there were you know 20 or 25 of them at a, a local Thursday night meeting. And, you know, it was just such a welcoming group. Everyone asked questions about my car, asked, you know, what my plans were with my car as far as what I wanted to do to it. And if I plan to take it to events, it's really where I, you know, first learned about HPDE events. You know, at that point in time, I, you know, I had a, a car that I was probably stretching things a little bit to, to own that expense, expensive of a car. And when it came to servicing it, you know, that, that was something that I really didn't look forward to. And, you know, <laughs> these, these yeah. guys that, that were at this event were offering to help me learn how to do an oil change. I had never done anything like that. Uh, when I talked about wanting to do uh, suspension work on the car, you know, guys volunteered their garages yeah. and, uh, you know, in their time to really help me through the process, teach me and kind of show me the way. So, it was kind of a, a transformative uh, uh, time, really getting into the club, meeting all these great people, and you know, you know, a couple, you know, you fast forward a couple of years, and then I'm that guy that's at that meeting when, when the the new guys show up. I'm the one offering to help them, but uh, but it, it it was really that time that made me a true car nut. You know, it's great hearing that because I've been a BMW driver for a long time and I I love the brand and and the mark, but the people, you're right, it is a rabid group of enthusiasts and it's not to undercut other automotive mark clubs, but the BMW club is huge. There's so many neat people in it and I've experienced the same thing, especially when I started driving uh, track events like you did. Uh, My first ones were in a BMW, an E36 M3, and everywhere I went, people would come up and help me with 
of things. And when I was involved in the, the company I was involved with before this, we would do a lot of car club events. And the largest ones attended by far were BMW. And I think it has to do with there's a lot of BMWs out there, you know, more than Ferraris, of course, and even Porsches or some of the other marks where there's a smaller number. But uh, I just experienced the same thing. We've had many BMW enthusiasts on the show, including the president of the BMW Club and Sash Carlson, who's the editor for Roundell. So it's uh, it's a great group of people. Absolutely. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. Ryan, I'd love to crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty here and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced in your life or your career along the way. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation? And even more important, what did you learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, I'd say the most challenging part for me, so I'd been in insurance for a handful of years. Uh, To be honest, I I wasn't very passionate about it. I was doing more, uh, you know, general insurance. So when I decided to really start this motorsports business, I faced several challenges. You know, the first one, really getting an insurance underwriter. So, you know, an underwriter for an insurance company who, you know, might be offering up policies to cover $150,000 cars driving around a racetrack to, you know, at the extreme example, providing $10 million of, of coverage to an organization that's that's putting on events. But, mm-hmm. you know, approaching an insurance underwriter, naturally very, very cautious people to ensure anything race-related is a, a very, very big challenge. I can uh, only you know, they're, imagine. <laughs> they're, they're, they're putting up some pretty big dollars to do that. Yeah. So the solution for me and, and what I found just made such an impact and helped so much, especially as we were putting together our HPDE insurance product, was you know really just getting underwriters to go out to events, uh, to sit in the classroom sessions at an HPD event to uh, actually take rides out on track and, and see what the behavior is, show them that, you know, it's the, the structured passing that's in place and all the safety protocols in place, how that really impacts. And I, and I just think that, you know, the general takeaway from that is oftentimes the best way to take a step forward in a challenging situation, especially when you're working with some sort of partner, is really getting them to see, see an experience the other side. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you can tell people about something all day long, but until they actually experience it, oftentimes it really doesn't have the impact that you need it to. Yeah, I think that's brilliant because many people, when I told them I was getting involved in HPDE events or vintage racing, they just looked at me and went, gosh, aren't you afraid of dying? <laughs> And and I said, well, yeah, I'm a little concerned about it. But, you know, uh, the odds of dying probably on a roadway with somebody coming at me texting around a corner and not looking up are probably higher than uh, somebody who's on the track with their beloved vehicle. And we've got safety gear on and fire systems and suits and helmets and, you know, all these things. I mean, the safety elements that go into all these events are key. So I love that how you overcame that challenge is by getting them actively participating so they really saw what was going on. That's absolutely brilliant. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those aha moments you had in your career, a time when the headlights came on and kind of illuminated your way for a new idea or a direction that you had. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've almost always been in some sort of sales role uh, professionally. Uh, and I, I think something that's always stuck out to me is that I've just seen most salespeople are always focused on hitting sales goals. It's, you know, how can I, how can I sell my product? How can I sell my service? And when I started to look at 
other people that were more like me, that it, that it had been more successful, I, I figured out that the way that they were making it work really aligned with who I am as a person and my personality a lot more. And mm-hmm. what they were doing is really just focusing on helping people. And you know, as I started to, to form my motorsports business, it was easy to look at you know, the revenue goals that it's going to take to make this work and you know, what my business objectives were. But it very quickly turned that I needed partners to help make this venture succeed, and I needed to figure out ways to really help them succeed. Mm. If I could really help them succeed, then you know the, the success on my side would actually follow. So right. again, I, I'd say it happened while I was forming this business, but you know, I think it all boils down to what worked for me was changing from an approach of how can I sell things to how can I help people? How can I help individuals participating in motorsports feel more comfortable taking their cars on track? How can I help our partners that are putting on these events get more participants in their events? How can I help a club that's looking into getting into a new form of motorsports reach that objective? Yeah. And that, that approach just it works for me a lot better as a person, and my clients respond to it a lot better as well. You know, that's a huge golden nugget for almost everybody in every business. If you go out there first seeking to help and serve, as you said, the success will follow because it's genuine and it works so much better than just trying to unload something on somebody or sell something to somebody. So I love that. Wonderful aha moment. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, or maybe it's a proudest moment on the track or your involvement with a club, but could you share one of those with us? Yeah, this actually kind of ties back to something I, I mentioned before, but, you know, the economic crisis really kicked in 2007, 2008. You know, the clubs putting on HPD events, the organizers, you know, private organizers putting on events, I think all of them really felt the impact of that. Uh, you know, far less discretionary income, HPD participation was really starting to die. You know, some of the clubs were really struggling to really maintain their membership. Oh, so, yeah. You know, then you combine that with the fact of of you know huge concern over what happens if I wreck my car. Yep. Uh, you know, you go to a typical event and you'll see you'll see you know cars ranging from five or ten thousand dollars in value all the way up to uh, a couple hundred thousand dollar cars. Yes. The reality is, several people that are are out there participating in in those events cannot afford to ride off their car. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, as we came out with our product, you know, did things a little bit different of of a way offered single event coverage that was really tailored to the typical HPD participant, the, the guy or gal that does, you know, maybe three, four, five events a year. I'd say it took a couple of years, but I'd say right around the 2010 mark, I started running over some numbers on how many participant cars we were insuring at events. And I, I also tied that with, you know, talking with our partners to find out how they were doing from a participation perspective at their events. And, you know, it, it, you know putting two and two together, and we can't take full credit for it. Uh, our clubs, you know, our partners that we worked with were doing a lot of things as well. But it became very apparent that uh, the hobby was rebounding far faster than the economy was rebounding. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think we, I think we, you know, we played a role in that. And that was uh, pretty proud for me. You know, a from the perspective of I'm, I'm building a business that I want to succeed. But, but B, you know, just as importantly for me, for me, I am a, you know, an HPDE nut. I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of the things I enjoy to do most. I have some of my best friends I've met uh, in this hobby and anything that I can do to try to help this, get new people in, keep people involved, that's something I'm really proud of. Absolutely. Fantastic. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory 
that you have of that vehicle? So my first one is, is actually a car that you referenced earlier. My first one, uh, first really special car was an E36 M3. <laughs> I love them. It was a, a 97 coupe silver, and I just wait a minute. Absolutely... That was my car. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> that was my first. Yeah, my first. Uh, my first was a 97 silver coupe. So yeah, we have a lot in common. <laughs> All right. So yeah. uh, so I bought that one. Uh, you know, just out of college with uh, you know with my my first decent job. I think the I think that payment on it might have been more than the rent payment for the oh, apartment gosh. that I was in. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, you know, it was definitely a little bit of a stretch, but. Uh, and I think the the moment that sticks out for me most with that car was doing my first HPD event. I mm. was so so nervous going into that event, you know, about the the concern of if I wrecked it. But you know, almost just as much as you know, it, it was my baby, and I felt bad about you know pushing the gas so hard, uh, hitting the you know hitting the brakes so hard, and yep. it, it was it was just a, a, a moment that really stuck out. Uh, for me that I was kind of afraid, but it quickly shifted. I think, I think it was probably about my third session that, uh, that I was out on track in that car that I just, the fear kind of took the backseat and then I was just having so, so much fun with it, that car. It was, uh, you, you know, as well as I do bang for the buck. It, it, it's just an amazing car and incredibly capable. Oh, they are. I've had two of those and I've had two E46 M3s and they're wonderful all-around cars, not only on the track, but then when you're just driving to work, very docile if you want them to be, very comfortable. But if you want to go fast and have a great time, you push that sport button in and uh, oh, the, the whole thing changed to another another kind of beast. So it's fantastic. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you really wish you could have back? Well, I haven't sold one that I wished I could have back, but that same car we were just talking about, the uh, that first 97 E36 M3, and this this actually prompted, you know, it was definitely a, a driving force behind me forming my motorsports business. But that same E36 M3, I'd owned it, uh, I want to say, about four years. And I remember the date. It was May 13th, 2005. I was at an HPD event. Uh, rain was coming down really hard. I used to be the fearless driver in the rain. Uh, so it was, a, it was a Friday. It was an advanced and instructor day. It was really kind of an open track session mm-hmm. on, on this Friday. And I think it was my second session of the day. I was uh, passing the, the Audis with all-wheel drive and heavy rain and just, you know, doing fantastic. And I remember the, the passenger in my car, I, I said, yeah, I'll just do one more lap and take it in. That, that, those were the famous last oh, words. No. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, my, my home track, Heartland Park, has a um, kind of a kink on the front straight. Uh, I, I think I hit that kink at about... 115 miles an hour in the dry, and I probably was hitting it at about 105, 110 in the wet. Um, but this kink had a very dramatic elevation change on it. And every time I had went over it on the previous laps, no issues. This time that I went over, you know, car got just a little bit light, started to hydroplane at uh, 110 miles an hour. Oh, no. I, you know, I wasn't quick enough, I guess, and, and I was along for the ride at that point. So that car uh, met its end when it hit a tire wall and, and, and did you know, pretty pretty significant damage to the back end. So yeah. that's, that's my. It's not really seller's remorse, but but that <laughs> maybe one last lap remorse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, so the insurance company took it at that point, but that you know that experience that I went through obviously played a, a pretty big role in me wanting to to create an HPD yeah. insurance solution for uh, for the community. Absolutely. Is there a vehicle that you've bought and soon after said to yourself, "What was I thinking"? My first race car, I think I bought it in 2006, and 
I quickly came to regret that one. Uh, the short story that could could take a, a full 45 minutes is I, I bought that car side unseen, asked a whole lot of questions, and I, I really don't think the owner tried to uh, misrepresent the car. I just don't think he knew that much about what the shop had done to it. It you know it sold to me as a car with, uh, I think, 20 hours on the motor. The motor did not survive my first test day. Oh, just goodness. Give me an example. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I got a got a new motor in the car, and the next event I went to, I had a long carousel turn that I was going through, and the steering wheel was was, uh, was shaking quite a bit as I went through that. We, we ended up digging into it a little bit and figured out that they modified a, I think, a circle track camber plate and tried to fit that to an E30 BMW. Mm. And in the process of doing that, there was really only one bolt going through the camber plate and through the strut tower. So what was happening when I'd go through this carousel turn is the whole camber plate was shifting back and forth. Uh, oh, my was, gosh. <laughs> while I was out on track. So, it, yeah, there, there are there are about 10 other examples of uh, of horrible issues that I found with this car, but uh, it, it's a lesson learned that I will never, ever again buy a car sight unseen yeah. without you know, having having at least someone else take a look at it or, or myself really dig through the car before. Yeah, that before PPI I- inspection, so important. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, goodness. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you fired up and excited? So, you know, we work with uh, the majority of the the big car clubs, uh, Porsche Club of America, BMW Club, Audi Club, Ferrari Club, uh, and several several others and a number of private organizations. But just within the last year, we've started working very heavily with uh, Sports Car Club of America. Oh, great. Yeah, I had Lisa Noble on the show, president of the SCCA, just recently. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, Lisa's a, a fellow uh, a Kansas person as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah she, <laughs> you guys are neighbors. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she races in my region. But uh, there you go. Yeah, we we've just started working with them. Lisa and, and, and the team there. They're doing some very interesting and exciting things. Really, kind of transforming the club. You know, what we do already today really fits with what their membership does. So from that perspective, it's exciting. But what, I think what's most exciting for, for me and and for for my team here is they're going through this big transformation. They're doing a lot of new things, and it's very exciting for us to be working with them because. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot that we can do to help them reach those objectives, uh, mm-hmm. both from a participant perspective and an organizational perspective on there. And so um, it, it, it's just exciting. I, I hope we can play a role in, in helping these these new initiatives that they're working on really take off. Yeah, sounds exciting. I've been an SEC member for, gosh, I don't know, 25-plus years. And great organization, fun group of people with Lisa at the helm. Uh, things have just even got better. So it's great that uh, that's something new for you guys. I wish you the best success with that. Now, here's a really introspective question for you, Ryan. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? That is a really tough one. I, 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 I've been thinking about that one, and I, I can't think of a better one. than. Uh, and we keep talking about it, so I might as well just, just keep the <laughs> rule going. I'll, I'll, just, I'll say E36 M3. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, you know, it's a, a, a very, very dependable car. It's one that you can, you know, keep beating it up. It uh, faces all kinds of challenges, but it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it performs far above its specs. You know, you look at, at that car on paper, a uh, 3,200-pound car with uh, 240 horsepower. It shouldn't be able to do as much as it does. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's one that it's really easy to improve and, and make it better. It, it responds really well to changes and uh, and just performs so great. Sounds so. like you. <laughs> Perfect choice. <laughs> I love it. 
So Ryan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a word from our sponsor. Carpe Viem. Seize the road. It's the motto at carpegear.com, where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the Little Red Racing Car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com. And be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E, gear.com. All right, Ryan, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you said you're buckled in with your helmet on. So you ready? I am. All right. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? On my first race car, I chased so many issues with it, and I had a you know buddy that had been in and around racing for about forty years that was helping me work on the car. And when I was facing engine issues, he uh, you know planted this little nugget that uh, you can almost always trace the engine issues either back to spark or fuel. Once you figure out which side of the issue, it's you know so much easier to chase down the root cause, and that's. Uh, probably doesn't apply so much with uh, with the newer cars with all the electronics on them, but uh, it, was, it was a really good lesson, and it's helped me a ton of times. Oh, yeah. Wish somebody had told me that many years ago. <laughs> I've chased so many things, and sometimes just going back to the keeping it simple, Sammy process, the KISS process is, is true. Could you yeah. share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes? Yeah, I'd say for, for probably... Five years now, I've been uh, working out every morning, and it just, you know, I, I feel like I start the morning much more energized. I, you know, usually while I'm working out, I c- kind of come up with a game plan for the day, and I, I just really hit the ground running mm-hmm. uh, after doing that, and it's it's just made a huge impact for me. Ah, great advice. I need to follow that advice. <laughs> great <laughs> advice. Do you have a resource that you could share with the Car Show listeners you're really fond of? Yeah, actually, two of my partners. Uh, we work quite a bit with Ross Bentley, and he's... Uh, uh, yes, another guest here on Cars, yeah. Okay, yeah. Actually, and I'm pretty sure the other one is as well. Uh, so Speed, Speed Secrets Weekly. Just oh, yeah. Tons of great driver tips, insights. Uh, Ross uh, and, and the guest that he has right for him just do a fantastic job on that. Yeah, uh, I got mine this morning. So, so that one, and then uh, Motorsport Reg, another partner of ours, uh, they just... You know, they've got a great service when you're looking for events that you need to sign up for. Fantastic. And from an organizer perspective, the tools that they offer for organizers of events are just unmatched. They just do a fantastic job. Yes, Bryden Gininelli's been a guest here on Cars yeah as well. I love that site. So two great references. Awesome. Would you share a book with our listeners that you've really enjoyed that you think they should read? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll do two. So, so one, uh, you know, from a business perspective, and just working with people, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Carnegie, yeah, yeah, re- really, really good one. Um, you know, a sappy story, but one that's that's you know really tied to racing, the art of racing in the rain. Garth Stein. Stein, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that that one is uh, that one's a great one. Yeah, I love that. I'd love to get Garth on the show. Uh, I keep waiting for a movie to come out based on that yeah. book. I think it'd be an awesome movie. Be fun. It would be. Yeah, great. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Ryan has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Ryan 
Staub, and Ryan's last name is S-T-A-U-B. All right, Ryan, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy for some car people. If you could only have one collector car, and I'll include collector race car in this grouping here, but don't worry about the cost because I'm going to pay for it today. What would that one vehicle be and why? I really like that offer of you paying for this car. Do you like that? I'll even buy the insurance, and you you know who I'm going to be buying it through too, don't you? (laughs) You know the one that sticks out to me, and this is one, I think of all the posters I had on my wall as a kid, this one lasted on my wall longer than any other other car, Uh, the Porsche 959. Uh, uh, I think it was a beautiful, beautiful car performance-wise. It was just so ahead of its time, technology-wise ahead of its time as well, you know, the performance spec. Uh, unfortunately, I have to go off of what I've heard. As you know, I haven't actually been behind the wheel of one, but I, I've just always gotten the impression it's it's a car that is you know very raw, connected feel, very visceral car, mm-hmm. and that's uh, you know that's is probably the most exciting car to me. Well, I think you would love that car. Um, it was the predecessor to so many innovative uh, technology implements that they put on Porsches after that time, you know, with the four-wheel drive, the twin turbo. I mean, there's so many things about that car that were ahead of its time that ended up being on later Porsches and other cars, for that matter. Ryan, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories and getting to know you better and learning more about your business. Thanks for sharing your journey with us. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the track in that Porsche 959? <laughs> I, you know, I'd, I'd say almost anything that you do, you know, again, back to the, the earlier point, just, you know, figure out a way to help people, solve a problem, uh, reach a business objective. For me on the insurance side, reduce the risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from a part, you know, if you're into parts uh, in motorsports, increase their performance, you know, just figure out a way to help people. I think any uh, customers that you have or partners that uh, you work with, you know, they appreciate that you're looking out for their best interest. They'll see that you're more genuine and they'll want to do business with you, which you know leads to your success. So, uh, you know, I think if you can keep your focus on that side, the, the success part absolutely follows. Excellent advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Uh, so on, on the web, lockedinmotorsports.com. We also have a, a Facebook page as well, and I'm on Facebook personally as well, just uh, Ryan Staub. Great. Awesome. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about here at Ryan's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just put Ryan in the search box. His show notes page will pop up. I encourage you to visit his site, learn more about the different services that his company offers. And if you're out at the track and you see him, say a big hello to Ryan for me. It sounds like a a great business, great opportunity to be covered and have your car covered so you can go out and have some fun on the track and and have some uh, confidence that that at least if something terrible happens, there's somebody who has your back. Ryan, thanks for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.